being done with corporate and leaping into swift self-employed success. That's just one of the things we're talking about on today's show with my guest, Iman Ismail. I know you ladies are going to love Iman, whether you totally resonate with how she felt trying to juggle a job and a kid, or whether you're inspired by her fast success, not to mention her most recent win that we're going to be celebrating, or whether you're just here for the nuggets of gold that Iman drops about writing compelling copy. Oh my goodness. And just wait until you hear about how she really goes that extra mile in getting to know her client's audience. There's some juicy goodness in today's episode for you, my love. Imposter syndrome, owning our confidence as women, money, motherhood. This episode has it all. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. It's me, Cory Javid, your business bestie from CoryJavid.com. How are you doing? Oh, I'm having a blissful day over here. I'm still in my jammies. I feel like I record this in my jammies more and more often. I'm going to have a little bath after this. Um, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has entered our big birthday bonanza giveaway so far. So, so much gratitude for everybody who has left a review or who has um, shared on Instagram stories and tagged us and then claimed their free template. Yay! If you haven't entered yet, if you haven't claimed your free template from the Limitless Mother template shop and in doing so made your entry to our competition, our giveaway, then let me give you all the details, my love, before we get into today's show because I don't want you to miss out. So in honor of the fact that Corey Javid Limited is three years old, this podcast, which is just like one of my babies. I adore doing this. I adore connecting with you every single week. Um, This very podcast is two years old in, well, it was in November. You're probably listening to this at the beginning of December now, but last week of November. And it was my birthday too. So in celebration of this triple birthday, I'm doing this big giveaway. So I'm giving everybody who enters a free template of choice from the Limitless Mother template shop. And I'm entering you to win one of six prizes. So three women will be awarded free access to my groundbreaking transformational money mindset course, Limitless Money. Oh yes, okay. And a further three women will win a free energy coaching call with yours truly. Oh my goodness, you ladies that win this are going to love this call because we're going to use my signature framework, the scale of energy to pinpoint where your energy is at with regards to your business right now. And then we're going to identify what you can be doing to elevate your energy, primed and ready to smash your goals with ease in 2021 to make 2021 your bitch. You know, that's how we roll around here, right? <laughs> so if you're like, yes, I want a chance to those prizes. Yes, I want a template. Here's what you need to do. Simply head over to iTunes or whichever podcast player you use. Leave me a review. But before you hit the submit button, take a screenshot, then hit submit and send your screenshot to team at corriejaffid.com. And the team will be waiting and happy to hook you up with your free template of dreams from <laughs> the Limitless Mother template shop and you'll automatically be entered to win. So uh, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I already left you a review like last month, last week, last year, whenever. Thank you, my love. I love you. And so I don't want you to miss out. If that's you, then all you need to do is either take a screenshot of this episode or your favorite episode in your podcast player 
share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Corrie Javid and then head over, send an email to team at corriejavid.com. Let them know that you've done it and we'll hook you up and enter you into the prize draw too. Hooray! Oh my goodness, so much fun. I love doing this giveaway. It's so nice to be doing something different to a Black Friday sale, just giving stuff away for free. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with Black Friday sales and promotions, but I like to be a bit different, you know? When everyone else zigs, I like to zag. So, and that's why we're doing this. But let's get into today's show, Courage, Confidence, and Compelling Copy with my girl, Iman Ismail. So on today's show, you are going to love my chat with Iman. So I invited her on. She is one of my like Insta pals, you know, women that you meet and connect with and become quite firm friends with quite quickly on Instagram. I feel like that about her. She is an email conversion strategist and a copywriter extraordinaire. That's that's my phrase for her anyway. <laughs> Essentially, Iman's the person you call when you want to make money from your emails. Yes. So as you know, I love to bring women onto the show who can share their successes and their journey so far on this path of blending motherhood and business like we like to around here. Um, And I think there's so much in Iman's story that you're going to resonate with. She's the founder of inkhouse.org.uk and she helps six-figure plus online business owners and e-commerce brands to fire up their conversions, evergreen their sales, and get this, turn fans into super fans. Yay for super fans. <laughs> um, she's also worked with powerhouses that you might have heard of, like Emily Thompson from Being Boss, Joanna Weber, I don't know if I pronounced that right, from Copyhackers, and Belinda Weaver from Hot Copy Podcast. And she holds regular copywriting workshops in partnership with Lloyd's Business Bank. So this lady has been making things happen. (laughs) When she's not writing high converting emails for clients, delivering her workshops, or teaching business owners how to write copy that converts, She's binging on either podcasts, yay, shout out to podcast listeners, or pizza, And but she'd rather you didn't tell her PT that. <laughs> I think we can all resonate with that, right? So I think that's sufficient introduction, don't you? Let's meet Iman already. Welcome to the show, Iman. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited that you're here as well. So um, uh, before we start recording, just going to give everybody a bit of insight into our conversation. I always feel like I should just hit record from the start because sometimes those like pre-record like chats are so good. We've been talking about manifesting better immune systems mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've been talking about the fact that Iman's in a co-working space today and there may be an intentional controlled <laughs> explosion in the background. So. Yeah, don't panic. The BBC is apparently here filming something for, I don't know, a show called Rigby or Rigby something road. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Uh, But in case you have heard of it, look out for a little alleyway at some point because it's it's my co-working space is alleyway. And yeah, they're here filming and that controlled explosion will hopefully not cause any panic. So if we hear a kaboom and some screaming, don't be alarmed, everyone. It's it's actually intentional. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but welcome to the show officially. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. And I just really want to get started. Let's let the listeners get to know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up owning your own copywriting business. Oh, it's a long story. I'm going to try and keep it short yeah, yeah, for you guys. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> Let's go the long way then. Um, so I was working for a charity. I was running the communications department of a charity and I actually had to commute a fair bit to get there about an hour and a half every day like that and back so an hour and a half in the morning hour and a half in the evening. yeah and at that time my son was two years old and oh. I, I did really enjoy the job I was doing a lot of copywriting which is what I am mm-hmm. now um, mm-hmm. and that was my favorite part of the job but I was also doing loads that I didn't particularly enjoy like managing social media and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. um, that wasn't really my thing but it helped me realize what I did love. Anyway, mm. I began to really struggle in the role because firstly, I was working all hours of the day, evening and yeah. weekends, which was insane. And then on top of that, because of the commute, I wasn't getting to see my son as much as I wanted to. And as oh, as yeah, as that's as tough. Yeah, yeah, it was. And gosh, I had hired a childminder at that point to pick him up from nursery three days a week it was. Um, and so... It was really hard. I would get home mm-hmm. at about 
eight o'clock in the evening, half seven to eight o'clock in the evening, and I'd get home and my son would be asleep on the sofa because at two he refused Aww. to go to bed and sleep in bed because he'd be waiting for me on the sofa trying oh, to bless stay awake. Him, yeah, yeah, it was, it was horrible. So then I'd get in every night and he'd he'd be asleep. And I just remember thinking, like, I am working so hard to mm. create this better life for him and for myself. Yeah, but it just wasn't working it wasn't working not for panning me. out not panning yeah. out yeah and I just felt like I was doing this so that I could give him the life he wanted but actually what he needs is his mom right so yes. Yes. I needed to be there a whole lot more and I felt like I was missing out on a lot I was missing out on a lot and so I took and that mum guilt for us is hard oh, isn't it the mum guilt is the mum guilt is such a bitch <laughs> it's awful and I had spoken to my manager and I'd let him know that I was really struggling with this and you know this was a job that I could do from home and Mm. at that point I think I was doing one day a week from home and I said look I can do this job from home five days a week I work better at home and I'm not in the office being distracted by people let me do it at home and he said no um and that's not how he envisioned kind of his team working so I said Mm -hmm. okay and then I also asked for a pay pay rise because I wasn't being paid very much Yes. And again, well, that was a long discussion, but we didn't get to the figure that I felt like I really deserved. Yeah. And so I resigned. And oh, yes. yeah, I did. And I mean, I remember going home and talking about this with my family and my family was so supportive and they were oh, all of amazing. them. Yeah, so supportive. And I'm really blessed because I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Like, Do you? Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So this idea has always kind of been implanted in me somewhere. Like mm. it was always a possibility. Um, it wasn't something that I consciously thought about, but looking back now, I realized what a huge impact that had on me seeing yes. business owners around me just growing up as if it was just yes. really normal to run your own business, right? And so it was a real possibility. And so when the idea came up for me, I mean, it was something I always wanted to do and had actually tried to do a couple of times before, but it never yeah. worked. Yeah. And at this point I had my son and I thought, there's never going to be a better time for me to try and create my own business and I really strongly felt like now is the time for me to try this again and I feel like I can Mm. do it and again my family were all really supportive and they were really I was really lucky because they were all like you know worst worst case scenario we'll be there to help you and yeah um, and so having that backup and support I that's think, amazing yeah it gave me the confidence I love that your family were like that because I think so many people who don't come from entrepreneurial backgrounds people freak yes. out when you tell them like oh I'm gonna give up this quote-unquote secure job mm-hmm. and go and do my own thing people are like what you're insane exactly exactly <laughs> so I love that they were like that for you that's so cool yeah I mean it made all the difference and it gave me the confidence to go ahead and do it and just knowing that mm. people believed in me and believed that I could mm. really do this was everything and then on top of that you know I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that I, I never did go to them I never did need to go to them for help or support yes. but just knowing that that was knowing a that. possibility was mm. was was everything and so yeah. I I resigned I gave him a resignation yes. <laughs> we, we had my manager had conversations where you know he tried to get me to stay and negotiate all that stuff that didn't work out and you know by the end of those negotiations I remember thinking well, there's a reason that I wanted to leave. And so when you make yeah. that decision, make that decision, yep. stick with it. Yes, and stick with it. Don't roll backwards. Yeah. And I feel like the universe tests us sometimes. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> that we kind of like, when we say, actually, do you know what? I'm not available for this anymore. I want something <laughs> better. It's so interesting how so often there's little kind of, are you sure kind yes. of moment. Yeah. Within, within uh, I mean, I, I left that job on a Friday. And by the Monday, I had my first client. And actually, yeah. within a few wow. hours of leaving that job, the CEO messaged me and asked me if he could hire me as a freelancer. So they, my old job Amazing. was officially, yeah, it's so much more doing a couple of days a month for them versus working for them for the entire month. And I remember oh, thinking, so oh, this is insane. This is insane. I was earning so much more. <laughs> so wait a minute. So now you're getting to work from home on your terms, uh-huh. making making better money and still for the same company. Exactly. Wouldn't let you do that on exactly. A, on a contract. Oh, that's so funny. I, I know. I know, right? I mean, it was great for me, but um, yeah. And and then by the Monday, I had I had another client I was working on their project. By the Monday, and then a few wow. a few more days after that, I had. I mean, I was I was getting a good number of kind of inquiries, and I had two two calls with another 
couple of companies or organizations and I'm still actually working with one of those organizations to this oh, day so two cool. years later yeah but just to go back to the idea of, of being tested mm. I I was offered two full-time jobs uh, then mm. and I remember yep. thinking about it and just thinking oh well okay it would be really nice to get away from this anxiety of not knowing if this is going to work and to maybe just have a stable income. And then I remember yeah. sitting down with the person who offered me that job and saying, look, I left my old job for a reason. It didn't work for me. This also is not going to work for me. And I remember mm. sitting down with myself and just saying to myself, give yep. Ink House a chance. You've not even given it a, a chance to grow. Yes. See yeah. what you can do. See what the possibilities are. And that was just over two years ago. And, and that's so incredible. And that's such a that's such a magnetic energy, though. That's the thing is when we like stick to, no, I deserve this. I'm making a go of this. Like when we don't kind of like trip up on those like little tests from the universe, it's so magnetic. And look how fast you were attracting clients because you were that magnetic and that kind of energy, right? It was amazing. And I think, you know, actually yesterday, just yesterday, I was going through a whole bunch of papers and I found my first pay slip from that job. And, you know, now I make in a day what I made there in a month. Oh, yes. Let me just say that again. She makes in a day now what she used to make in a month. Because I think, I think you know, we need to be having these conversations. And, you know, you know, I love to talk about money on the show. Yeah. I just love to have examples of women who aren't just kind of just making enough or just making ends meet or just replacing this. Like those are all good and, you know, valid if that's what you want. But we can achieve more, we can create more, we can receive more. So absolutely. Yes. And I love that you talk about money on this podcast. And this is what attracted me to listen to it, because it is a conversation that we don't have enough. And you know, it mm -hmm. is okay to want to make more money. You know, I yes. remember being made to feel really guilty for wanting for wanting more money mm -hmm. and for not wanting to scrape by and having to tell myself it's okay to want more money. And yes. I think on top of all of that though, you know, the best thing is that I changed careers and started my own business so that I could be more of a present mum. And now I get yeah. to take my son to school every morning and pick him up yes. day. And you know, yes. I was able to go into well, he's in school now, but when he was in nursery just a few months ago, you know, I could go in for all those stay in plays and read stories for him and his friends oh. for the day and go on those nursery trips with them and look around and be one of the only parents there and just think mm. how blessed am I to have been able to create this business from nothing. Yep. That allows me to live the life I want to live and that allows me to be the mum that I really want to be. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That And that just, for me, that encapsulates like everything that I love to see. Like I love to see, you know, and like we come from a similar situation in that like the corporate space was not working for us. Um, and we're like, screw this. I'm out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, except I was made redundant. So the universe gave me a more of an elbow. A bit of a push. You, you took it into your hands more, which I like. But the fact that we don't have to choose, we don't have to choose between being there and being the kind of present mums that we want to be and making really great money. We can have them both. And we had we had neither in the previous. And we feel like, you know, the kind of like whole, um, I guess, indoctrination of the corporate spaces. They want you to feel like you're lucky to have what you've got. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually now being on the side that we're on, where we, you know, where we're just creating our own path, creating our own success, doing what we want to do the kind of controllers of our own schedules and all of that kind of stuff. It's just so freeing, isn't it? And it's like such a myth that we've been buying into previously that we have to choose like, oh, I can either be present for my kid or make money, <laughs> you know? Exactly. You can do, we get both. To do both. We get to do both. Oh, I just love that. I love that so much. And so, so you found some clients really fast, which I also love that you share that because do you know what? There's a Everyone, well, anyone listening, if you're starting out and you're struggling to find those first few clients, like, I feel you, like, you know, I know what that can feel like. I didn't have my first client day one, <laughs> that's for sure. Like, I wasn't as fortunate as E-Man there. Um, but, and everybody, you know, takes their own amount of time to learn that process of 
finding clients or finding their first customers and getting on their feet that way. However, I do think there's a bit of a, a too strong of a narrative out there. I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. Maybe you didn't see it because maybe your like entrepreneurial background kind of like overrode those sort of stories or whatever. But there's a bit of a narrative in the online space like that, oh, the first like year is a struggle or the first like X amount of time. And the problem with that is, is yes, I don't want anyone to ever feel like you know, if it's taking them time, that that's wrong. Well, you know, we all need to like learn and keep showing up for that learning. But, but at the same time, I don't want there to be this expectation for people that earning great money has to take a long time, you know? And so I love that you shared that like you had that first, well, you had your ex-employer where then you're like first contract, first client, and then the Monday you had another client. Like that's really, really short timeline. And I love that. What do you put that fast kind of success down to? Thank you. I think that it was down to not being too stuck in the present and trying to plan ahead a little bit. So I had so much going on, even just emotionally, mentally, you know, having mm. just resigned and having those conversations with, you know, my manager and, and all that. There were lots of emotions flying around, but I was trying not to get too stuck on what was going on right there and thinking about the fact, well, that will in, in a month's time, I'm going to need some clients. So what do I need to do? <laughs> what shall I do? Yes. How can I be proactive and I think a lot of the time we I mean we do we do what we need to do but then we're kind of always we're kind of a little bit just waiting for clients to come to us Mm -hmm. and kind of got to think about well what can I do to make clients come to me and so I actually I actually coach other copywriters who are kind of new to the business on how to build their copywriting business and one of the things I one of the things I always say to them is tell everybody what you do so I honestly had no issue with even though I was still technically employed by my employer telling everyone on LinkedIn anyone who would listen hey I'm leaving my job in a month's time and I'm going to be a freelance copywriter who needs a copywriter I would put it on LinkedIn I would tell anyone who would listen I would um, speak to the people in my in my offices and in the offices next door and yeah. it was actually those people next door to me as well who got in touch with me not long after to hire me and were some of my first clients oh wow so, yeah yeah just being really open about what it is that you're going mm. to do and allowing yourself the confidence I think to yes. step into that because it can be that really takes confidence yeah, yeah it can be really hard to call yourself in my case I guess a freelance copywriter when mm-hmm. you're not actually a freelance copywriter yet <laughs> yep. but I know I'm going to be so yes. I need to step into that role a little bit earlier and have the confidence to be able to tell people this is who I am even though I really didn't feel like that at the time I felt like a bit of a fraud saying it actually mm-hmm. so it took a bit of courage to to, yep. to to say that and to do that but planning ahead thinking ahead and trying to you know, attract clients to me as in, as in go to them and give them a reason to hire me was, yes. was the, the biggest thing, I think. And, you know, I would also say don't underestimate who is already watching you because mm. I used to share the, the copywriting work that I did on LinkedIn and I didn't really get that much engagement, to be honest. This is yep. when I was working for my last company and it turns out that people were watching and people were reading. Mm-hmm. And as soon mm-hmm. as I said I was leaving, I started getting messages from people saying, hey, I, I've been looking at the work that you produce and I'd be really interested in working with you. I had no idea that these people were engaging with my stuff because they never left any evidence. Yes, <laughs> because they're the lurkers. Yes. The lurkers. Never underestimate, underestimate the lurkers as well. Oh. I, I have this conversation with so many clients who, um, you know, when I'm working with women who are in that starting phase as well, like, you know, you were saying you, you're coaching copywriters who are starting out. There's like, I'm like, stop looking at the likes, stop looking yes. at the comments, because I can tell you, like, for sure that for every one person who likes us probably a hundred who watched it, looked at it, read it, enjoyed it and said nothing. Exactly. It's so <laughs> and, true. you know. So many of us, we're consuming content all the time. We might see something and think, oh, that's amazing. And then we just forget to give it a heart or a like or, or comment on it. We just, you know, notice it and love it and then move on. But that that person's piece of content has really connected with us. We just haven't actually showed them. <laughs> so we've all done it. And so we need to remember that when we're kind of getting too much into the like 
the minutiae of the numbers. So I love that. And I also love that piece about that confidence and that courage to really own what you're stepping into. I think that holds so many women back. I know visibility is a big deal. And something that I've coached so many women through is that initial kind of hurdle it feels like for so many women of getting visible. And I think that I love that you've made that connection between that, you know, not being afraid to tell everybody, this is what I'm doing now, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, um, rather than I think what the temptation can be is to try to kind of secretly start up your business. Hope none of the old people that you are, you know, in like employment with or your old colleagues or whatever notice and then get clients. And also that just that kind of like fear and reticence around really just owning who you are and what you do now. And like just dealing with that like imposter syndrome, like you said, like I think we all have that. And I love that you kind of just um, acknowledge that because I totally was there as well. Like when I was saying, oh, I'm a coach now in the online space. And I was thinking, who am I to be saying this? You know, I think everybody goes through that. And so I love that we're sharing this because we can just give anybody who's listening, who's in that phase themselves permission like just do it anyway it's okay if you feel like an imposter for now you're not it's just that kind of like little like those steps that everybody has to get through at the beginning right exactly everybody goes through it and I think you picked up on something really important which is that idea of us constantly thinking about our you know our employers or our mm-hmm. our co-workers you know what what are they thinking about me what yes. are they saying about me and mm-hmm. Two years later, to this day, I still think that. And it's an exercise where I have to stop myself mm-hmm. and think, I doubt very much that they care. In the nicest way. Yes, yes. They They're not paying exactly, attention. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's completely normal to have those thoughts. But mm-hmm. I think it's also being comfortable with your own confidence because in the past two years my confidence has grown immensely so when I think about my my you know old co-workers and I I wonder if sometimes they look at me and think who does she think she is now you know what I mean like her confidence is is through the roof and that's interesting isn't it that's I think that comes down to our kind of conditioning as women to not really own our confidence and I guess as well as British sensibilities as well kind of impacts that even further for us because there's that kind of like don't shine too brightly it's a bit unseemly definitely (laughs) and yeah there are so many Americans in my field and I have Mm. so many great American copywriter friends and the culture difference between us and the way that we show up and the way that we're visible and the way that we market ourselves is is just like night and day and so Mm. I think what you just said there is really important. This is also a cultural thing for us, I think, we have to kind of work through. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, I I think of this often, a phrase that was used really disparagingly at school. I mean, I went to the bitchiest school you can imagine, but (laughs) it was like mean girls, but worse. Um, The like, the like one of the most disparaging phrases, she loves herself. Like, and that was such a kind of like, oh, like she loves herself. And now I think of it like, we should be celebrating anyone who loves themselves and has done enough inner work to get there. You know, 100%. we should be cheering them on and high-fiving them and saying, what's your secret? <laughs> you know, 100%. but really that just speaks so much volume. That's that we're like, really, we have that ingrained in us that like, it's wrong to be confident almost yeah. you know and it's, so that's what takes some acclimatization for us as business owners because if we don't grow in our confidence our business will not grow if we're not sold on ourselves we can't sell ourselves to uh, and the things that we're doing to anybody else so mm-hmm. yeah it's a big deal right it is that's exactly <laughs> right and it's it's what you said if you don't even believe in yourself how are your clients going to believe in you mm. so it takes a lot of work and I think it doesn't come easily and it doesn't come quickly always. But like you said, it's okay if it comes quickly. And it's okay if those yes. clients come quickly. And, you yes. know, I did those first few months for me of owning my own business. Oh, it was it was a roller coaster. I realized mm-hmm. pretty quickly that I wasn't going to be able to build a successful business if I didn't find someone who could help me and show me the way. And I'm a big believer in education and learning and training and investing in myself. So one of the first things I did was find a coach and that coach is still my coach two years later. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. I would say that she's she's a friend now as well. And, mm-hmm. and she was amazing. And just being able to, um, just having someone who can support me, who's grown a business that I look up to and that I, I admire and that I, I, and someone I want to be like, 
Yes, that's so important, actually. I'm glad you said that. Sorry, I didn't mean to like interrupt no, you the flow there. But I think that's the thing is it's I think it's too easy to choose a coach based on their achievements. And that is, you know, part of it. But you also want to be choosing somebody who they have something about them that you like want to aspire to, like and or they have a way of showing up for their business. That's a really big deal for me. Like listeners to the show might know that I've been with my coach Lacey for like three years now, um, since day one since before day one of my business and I mean I love that kind of like longevity of that deepening relationship I think someone can serve you better and better and I see this with my clients the longer you work with somebody the better they can serve you right because you kind of know each other so well but with her the thing that um, I'm so pleased I found in her is that she shows up for her business how I like to show up for my business and she's not kind of like I don't know I know that there are some coaches out there putting on a good show and behind the scenes, it's a shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it, and they're hustling and they're working all the hours. So I really needed somebody who like shares a lot of my common values. So did you find that with your coach? I too, did. I did. Yes, so my coach is called Belinda and mm-hmm. she is, um, she's amazing. And she's just from the very beginning. She, I mean, I listened to her podcast a lot. So I kind of yeah. already felt like I knew her. And yes. then when I first started having calls with her, I remember being completely starstruck and thinking, oh my God, it's Belinda. <laughs> And then we obviously got to know each other and have worked together for for a couple of years now. But the thing that attracted me to her most was she was just so real and Mm. she was successful and she was confident, but she was also open about her struggles as well she didn't try to you know portray herself as being perfect and she is also a mom and she has two daughters and she Oh my God. So her, her kids aren't even in school full time. So they're at home yeah. a lot of the time. So she somehow manages to build this amazing business and keep and maintain this amazing business and come yeah. all of us while having her kids around her, like in the house a lot of the time. So sometimes she lives and her kids would stroll in and on the live, she's like, okay guys, one minute. This is the, this <laughs> is the, you know, real life. This is what being a mom in business looks like. And she'd, she'd yes. go and quickly do it with a kid and then come back and carry on with the live. And I just thought like, I have never seen anything like mm-hmm. that before. She was so unapologetic yes and I just thought this is this is the person that I need to coach me I love that and she's really bringing that like I'm a mum first business owner second but that doesn't in any way diminish my capability to be like an incredible business owner right exactly I love that I love that I would love I you know that's got me thinking I would love to bring more of that to what I do but the thing is I I want to keep my daughter out of my brand like my branding my social media like my online presence so yeah yeah I get that so I find that I find that kind of like a difficult thing to navigate personally but I like but I just love that and and I love it like on client calls I've had all sorts of things kick off with um, my clients' kids and stuff. And I just love it. Like, I bless, bless her, bless her son. One of my clients, her son came in part of the way through a call and threw up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that was probably one of the most memorable um, kid moments on the calls. But I just love that. And it's so nice, isn't it, to be um, in the company of other mothers in business, like making it work and being like, yeah my kid is here coloring next to me today or, you know, whatever the thing is. You know, I was on, a, I was on a coaching call with a copywriter. So I was coaching this copywriter and she, she showed up to the call and her seven month old was sat on her lap while we were doing this coaching call. And I, I just thought, that. yeah, love it, love it. And yeah. it took me back to two years ago where I was mm-hmm. just, where I was in the position she was in. And I was just trying to, I was in the beginning stages of building Ink House with my son sat on my lap and I've got him sat on my lap and I'm on my laptop and I'm you know I'm writing down notes and I'm I'm trying to like put him in front of Peppa Pig so I can just get this call (laughs) done and I just think it's so important to see that and and I also keep my son out of kind of social media and all that kind of thing um but I do talk about being a mom a lot and I get a lot of messages from other other mums in business who are usually kind of in the beginning stages who, you know, express their appreciation for just us having this conversation and us yeah. being real and talking about what it's like to to be a mum in business. Yeah. And it's not always easy. And I think it's, it's not always glamorous. Exactly. No. And I think it's yeah. important that people see that and know that. Yeah. And um, one of the things I've never wanted to do is come across as, you know, someone who has everything 
worked out yeah all neatly in a bow like the pinterest perfect mum, basically exactly. that's why like, I, I, sh- I shared a photo of like the laundry all over my bedroom floor recently because i was like yes. this is the reality over here <laughs> Laundry's not my priority and as a result <laughs> here's what it looks like around here can i just tell you something completely off topic so i yes. found a local laundrette that collects and delivers our clothes for free Amazing. so i am basically washing our clothes again <laughs> Are they still doing that in the middle of lockdown? Yes. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I mean, I found my uh, my favorite lunch right now, and I will never wash my own clothes again. Oh my I goodness. I do hate laundry. I'm sorry. It's, it's oh, it's just yeah. I'm I'm such a fan of, and this is actually on topic, right? Because I'm such a fan of outsourcing all of that crap that doesn't add to our lives. Like I don't think that our kids are ever going to you know, when they're older, look back and reflect on, thanks, mum, for always keeping my laundry so, like, neatly done. Like, if hey, if that's your thing and it brings you joy, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of us, stop telling yourself that it makes you, like, a, you know, better somehow by having kind of done all of the things. And it's just not realistic for us, yeah. I think. As mothers and business owners, like, for me, I, I'm always looking to, like, what can I, I mean, I'm like this in my business as well, though. Like, what can I outsource? <laughs> you know, what can I get rid of? I know the things that are really important to me. Um, like, you know, in my business, it's showing up for my clients, doing things like my podcast. Everything else, I am happy to be supported. And then in my life, you know, what are the things that I like doing? Like, I love to cook, so I'm not going to ever outsource that. Well, I, I reserve the right to change my mind at some point. <laughs> but but you know anything else i'm like yes i'll have a cleaner twice a week thank you like and you know anything else that i could be doing i was um hearing the other day about somebody she's got a um somebody who comes to their house and washes the car once a week i was like interesting i need this <laughs> you know all of the things that just take up so much time like i want to be either in my business or i want to be with my family or i want to be spending downtime on my own and i'm only going to make all those three of those things happen if i outsource some stuff right? it's so true I'm, I'm a big believer in outsourcing i was just thinking as you were talking then so i have i have a virtual assistant i have a yep. proofreader um i have a designer i now have a social media manager as well who can yes. help me out um because I, you can't do and be everything all the time. No. You really can't. No. I think one of the things... And that slows you down trying. It does. And one of the questions yeah. I get a lot is, how do you do it all? And my answer is, I don't. <laughs> yes. I- yes, Iman, I love that. It's so true. We, we can't. It's impossible. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love that you shared that as well. And just that, the thing that kind of speaks to me about your success is that you've been, I mean, there's so much, but, you know, one of the things is, you know, you've been willing to invest in that support, whether that's your coach from early on or, you know, all of the just support that you've just talked about in your business or finding a laundrette that will pick up and drop off. Oh my goodness, that's like so the dream. Um, your laundry for you. I'm like immediately afterwards. Going Google, to call, yeah. <laughs> local ones here. <laughs> but, you know, that that just willingness to be supported is a big deal, isn't it? I think for us as women, that can feel hard at first. Absolutely. And just going back to, you know, being willing to make the investments, especially in coaches and courses, I believe so strongly in that. And I try to tally up how much I've actually invested in courses Mm -hmm. and memberships and coaches and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a lot. I think yeah. the important thing is as well is that I implement it. So as long as you're implementing yes. it and you're working on it and, you yeah. know, these investments are things that you are making time for. Like I, I physically yeah. block out time in my calendar for, you know, learning time or going yes. my memberships or going into my memberships and just conversing with people and catching yes. up on what's going on. As long as you are also implementing, you will see the returns from those investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree. And actually that, you know, because that's the thing, it's easy to see something like a course, for example, and then not make the time for it. And then you're kind of eroding your trust with yourself because you're saying, oh, well, I invested in that and then I didn't show up for it. That means I don't show up for myself. Like, you know, and then you can end up, that's why one of the reasons why I made my course all audio because, I mean, it it suits the nature of, of what, what I do with it. But I, I was really wanting to help mothers in business to actually complete um and to show up for it rather than you know i think sometimes 
in the online space, people aren't always thinking about their audience and how they can consume, you know. And so sometimes it's easy for us to invest in something that looks great, but it hasn't really been made for us or in a way that we can digest and it makes most sense for us, you know. Yeah. And can I just say, as a copywriter, I have this conversation all the time with people. So business owners come to me and say, you know, my course isn't selling or, you know, my lead Mm -hmm. magnet isn't getting any signups. You know, I created this ebook and I'm like, well, did you do any research to find out that your audience want an ebook? Like, is that how they consume yeah, content? Is that what they actually want? Yeah, is that how they consume content? Do they want an ebook or did they want a video mm-hmm. or an audio or just a checklist? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. as as people who create content as well, it's important for us to consider, yeah, what, what people actually want and to go away and do that yeah. research. That's why I created the podcast, I mean, because I was doing live streams once a week and I loved doing live streams, but I was just very aware that it was hard for my audience to turn up live. Um, and I knew that from like the live numbers would always be very small and I never let that bother me because I was like, it's all about the replay for them. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the replay numbers would be very high and I was like, that's fine, but it's just showing that it's not the best format for my audience. And I also knew that I'm a big consumer of podcasts. And so that's why I shifted over. And I think that I love that you have that conversation with your clients because that, that's not something that's kind of talked about enough online. Everyone's like, oh, make a lead magnet. Oh, make a course. But they're not saying start with your person and then reverse engineer from there. Like, what does she need? How can you get it to her in the best possible way? And then make it, you know? 100%. Because last thing you want to do is put all that time and energy into something and then realize, oh, I should have actually gone and spoken to my audience first and found out what they wanted. There's always the best yes. place to start. Yes. Oh my goodness. So you've just been talk- mentioning briefly there about how you help your clients. What's your favorite way that you help your clients? I, so... So I'm an email copywriter and strategist, right? And so I went from just writing copy to working on becoming a strategist. And I think for me, that is the bit that my clients value the most. So I go away. Can you explain the difference between those two for our listeners? Yeah. Okay. So when I was a copywriter, uh, just a copywriter, so often my clients would come to me and say, hey, I want you to write this, this, and this. Can you go away and write it? And I realized that often my clients actually didn't know what would work and what would Mm -hmm. work. And they would often tell me to do the the, the wrong thing. So then I'd have to go back to them and have a conversation that was like, hey, this isn't going to work. And I realized that my clients don't just need someone to write things for them. They need someone to actually go away and do the hard work and do the strategy and to come up with, to actually come up with the strategy a strategy that works and that will convert for them and go away and do the writing so I worked really hard on um, becoming a strategist and learning how to be an email strategist so now when Mm. a client comes to me and they say hey I need you to write five emails for me that sells x and I will say that's not actually how I work Um, let's have a conversation about what your goals and objectives are let's have a conversation about who your audience is and um, mm-hmm. I will then go away and have interviews with your audience mm-hmm. oh um, wow yeah, do that for I them. do That's so cool. it's amazing because there's just so much insight there so yes. I you know I need to go in have conversations and, and, and have an interview with your with your audience and maybe I'll do a survey as well and then I go away mm-hmm. and gosh do so much research I probably actually I was tra- I track my time so I know exactly how long it takes me and I was I mean, the main work that I do is emails. So that could be, you know, welcome sequences or, um, or let me think. Um, like retargeting emails and yes, things like that in funnels. all yeah, of yeah. that. So basically yeah. all the welcome, all the email sequences, all the sequences I do. But then often, you know, people come to me and like, hey, I've got a launch, can you write my emails? And they're like, oh, by the way, can you do my sales page as well? So I do launches too, which is great. And, you know, I was time tracking a launch that I was working on recently and I spent 17 hours doing research and wow. yeah, and only 12 hours right in the actual page. So the sales wow. page, yeah. So I do more research than I do writing. And it's amazing because you 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 come out with a strategy. You actually know what your yes. audience, what the audience needs to hear, what they, you know, what they're struggling with, what their desires are, what their fears are, what their objections yes. are, you know, what is stopping yes. them from buying from you. And then I get to go away and create 
um, firstly, the positioning and the messaging to work out, okay, which angle are we going to come from? What is our messaging hierarchy? Like there are, there are going to be various messages, but how do I order them on the page? What comes first? What comes last? What comes in between? And then I go away. Well, actually I, I present my, um, or my research to my clients so that they have this voice of customer and, and um, messaging insights report and yeah. I let them know well this is this is what your audience are thinking this is what they need this is what they want this is what they fear this is what they desire this is what they object to this is what they yeah. need to hear in order to say yes to your offer so this is what I am going to do and then I go away and do the copywriting and I think oh. that is the key to writing yes. copy that converts um, is knowing oh. the audience and and not just knowing the audience doing the research but then working out what mm. that actually means before you go yes. ahead and implement it yeah I love that I love everything that you just said there because I think that I, I get asked the question all the time like you know from people like why isn't my copy converting or like my you know just like my social media messaging or whatever and I'm like are you in their head exactly <laughs> you need to be in their head so I love that you're doing that for your clients is that you're going out there and doing that legwork of like connecting actually with their ideal clients I always say it's like setting up camp in their head <laughs> like finding out what's she thinking what makes her tick what you know are her challenges her struggles and everything and then of course then you're able to write compelling copy because people want to feel heard and understood there's no point just shouting at them you know they want to feel connected with they want to feel like you get them so I love that you go to such a length to make sure that that happens for your clients that is incredible and I think that's really interesting because I think that's so you know something that I know um that people sometimes are reluctant about with hiring somebody to do copy for them is like oh well will their copy connect as well with my ideal client and customer well given the process that you've just outlined probably better yeah exactly <laughs> way better exactly yeah. and I again was working with with a client recently and I had written her webinar webinar invite sequence so she was getting ready to launch and she had the webinar at the beginning kind of all, of all of this and so this sequence that I wrote was inviting people to her webinar. So it wasn't just one email. It was, uh, it was four emails that, you know, really dug deep into the audience wants and needs and their desires yes. and their fears and how they were feeling at that time. And she got email replies back from the emails that she sent out that I had written saying, yes. this is my life. This is exactly how I feel. I immediately press the sign up button. And Oh, that's so I know it always feels so good and that it's exactly what you said it's getting into the head of the of the audience mm. but how can you do that if you don't know them and if you haven't spoken to them so yeah that's the amazing part of this job and I think another worry that clients often have is well you won't be able to sound like me it won't sound like I've written it mm. and you know the key to that is the client interviews that I do at the beginning of the process so before I even interview you know the your audience and your clients or customers, yep. I'm interviewing you and I'm asking about you, your life, your business, you know, why you set it up, your offer, the product or um, whatever it is that I need to sell. Um, and in that, within that, I'm listening to how you speak and your tone of yes. voice and you know, the yep. types of words that you use and then your cadence and your frequency and your yeah. register and all sorts so that I can then go away and replicate that and I, I go away yeah. again and do a whole bunch of other research that I've not even that I've not even mentioned here that again helped yeah. me to nail your voice and one of the past clients that I worked with who I was so excited to work with because I had been listening to her podcast for years and and so when she came to me and said that she wanted to work with me um this is Emily Thompson from Being Boss I'm not sure if any of you oh yes yeah, yeah I remember okay you, I remember you saying when you started working with her. Yeah, yeah exactly so this was like a real oh my god moment I was so excited to work with her one of the things that she said was really important to her was that you nail my voice because this is an issue I've had mm -hmm. in the past so I worked really hard on that and I recently got her feedback through from the sequence I'd created for her which was you nailed my voice and I oh, so yeah and I was just like, yes. yes you know it's research that's where that's the difference mm -hmm. between you know copy that converts really and copy that doesn't but I think there's a few yeah. reasons that some copywriters don't do that so I mean I never did any of this when I first started and that was because yeah. I just didn't know it was an inexperience yeah. and I needed to learn how to yes. how to do that so um so that's one reason I now do it because I know about it and once you do it once mm. you will never go back and just think this is amazing and the only other time that I don't do customer interviews or surveys and go deep into that route is when a client comes to me and they say, 
I'm firstly I have a very strict budget and I am in a real rush so what can you do for me yeah so yeah yeah. yeah, so then um I expect that person to have a good idea of who their audience is so that I can interview them Mm. and get that from them and then I will spend the rest of time doing other types of research and that service is usually um that's my buy my day service where I I complete the work in a day for them so it's a VIP copywriting service where everything gets done really quickly um but in the best way possible love that love it oh so good and it's so good the thing that I really like about your process and your approach there is that it makes good business sense because it creates copy that converts right because if somebody feels heard and understood and like you're speaking directly to her of course she's going to pay attention and then be able to understand the value behind the thing that's being sold in that instance so it makes business sense but the other reason why I love it is it goes beyond that because you are creating real connection relationships with people which you know the best sales are built on relationships and so you know you were saying like having that feedback from people who have been through say a sequence that you've written and said like oh my god you're speaking directly to me this is me like I signed up straight away it's not just about getting the sign up is it it's about making that actual connection with somebody and building like a real relationship like that's a beautiful thing in my mind yes and making making one person feel seen heard and understood and I think this is a really big mistake that people make especially when it comes to writing emails people think that email is this broadcast marketing tool that is for the many so you get to just you know press send to hundreds or thousands of people and then that's it and actually email marketing is a one-to-one marketing tool because yes for every person you know for every person that opens your email and reads your email it is just one person who is yeah it's actually a very intimate way of marketing isn't it very and over the past few years what's become more important to me and I think this links back to just my business going well and me being able to have the confidence and the ability, I think financially even, to be able to say to the wrong type of clients and leads, hey, mm-hmm. this isn't going to work. Like You're not in a position yes. where, where I can work with you right now, but here's what you need to do in order to get there, right? Because I don't want to work with people who I can't help. I no. don't want to take your money if I can't help you. And so yeah. I won't. And so actually I say no to more people than I say yes. Yes, yeah. And, and that's part of exactly. it, right? That's part of like being able to do your best work. Exactly, exactly. Because you want to be able to help your clients and do the best for them. So if I know yeah. that I can't help you, then I'm, I'm going to tell you that I can't help you. Well, hey, this is what you need to do in order for me to be able to help you in the future. <laughs> Yes. And that ability to leave money on the table, though, is massive. And that that's what gives you that um, sustainability and actually grows your business. And I think that's something that I, I love that you just touched on that, that there, because I think that's something people misunderstand sometimes. They think that, oh, well, when I get to X point down the road or I'm making X money, then I'll work with more ideal clients. But actually your ability to turn away people and say, do you know what, this isn't the right fit for you now, or I'm not the best person to help you right now, or whatever the situation is, you know, because it's got to be a two-way agreement of like, like we both agree this is the right fit. Um, being able to turn that those people away and turn down money is a big deal because it's actually a vote for abundance underneath it all, right? Because it's saying, no, I'm only going to work like in my like integrity, doing my best work with the people I feel most like lit up to work with who are ready to receive it. And I'm trusting that if I say no to this person, there's somebody else out there that will take their space, you know? So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, somebody, I was having this conversation once and somebody said to me, something along the lines of in a really in a much nicer way you know it's really easy for you to say that it's really mm-hmm. easy to say no to to work and to projects and to people and yeah. I had to go back and tell them about a time when um, it was it was actually a January and January's have not, not really been quiet for me but this January mm-hmm. I had zero I mean I had I had one retainer client that I was working with and that's it and mm-hmm. I had no other work and mm. I had very little money and I had inquiries coming through, but I had to keep saying no to them because it, mm. they were just such bad fit in leads. And the, yep. the, it was just work that from experience I knew would make me really sad. And yes. it just made me really sad. And, you know, they really weren't willing to pay me what I needed to be paid for the work. Mm-hmm. And all around it was just not it was just not good so I said no to them and I remember saying no and thinking 
who do I think I am? Maybe I need mm. to be saying yes, because I'm not in a position to be saying no to work. But actually, I have realized that saying yes to the wrong people has really wide reaching implications. So it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't just affect me. It then affects yeah. how I am as a mom and with my son and even yes. being shorter and having less patience and being yes. you know, um, just sad and generally, you know, my, my wider family, how I, sleep, yeah. how I eat, how I'm taking care yeah. of myself. And I realized really early on that it is not worth it. It's not worth it. And it actually ultimately erodes your self-worth. Um, whereas saying no to people who aren't the right fit and only saying yes to people who are like 100% the right fit builds your self, sense of self-worth, you know? So I love that. Yeah, and you're so right. It's not just about that one project, that one piece of work, that one client in front of you. It, it has a massive ripple effect. It does. It's so good. Oh, I feel like I could talk to you all day. I know, <laughs> me too. And I actually, I think I've forgotten that we're recording. It just feels like a really <laughs> just amazing a conversation. Good yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh, um, Okay, so... Do you have just one really, so I think you've dropped so much gold for anybody who's listening, who maybe is in the space where they're not yet able to hire support. I mean, anybody who wants um, support with their copywriting, I know having listened to your process, they're going to be a flood of like yeah. emails. And they're like, I need you, man. <laughs> I need you to do this for me. This sounds incredible. But for people who maybe aren't at that place yet, and they're still doing all of that copy themselves, do you have just one like quick fire tip that they could put into place maybe today or with the next piece of copy they write just to kind of make it connect, make it sing for them? Yeah. So, I mean, I have two things actually. So the first one I will say is when you are writing copy, make it about your audience. So instead yeah. of focusing on on you and why you're great for them and why, you know, you want them to join, turn it around and always write copy that is benefits focused. So uh, the audience read it and are able to immediately read why this will be beneficial for them. So they're constantly yep. going to be thinking, what's in it for me? Why should I join? Yes. And you're answer that question yes. yeah your job is to answer the question what's in it for me mm -hmm. so the audience can always um you know see and understand why this is going to benefit them not just now but in the future like paint mm -hmm. the life that they want to live and present mm -hmm. your offer or, or product as the solution um and the thing that's going to get them there and then the other thing that i i want to say is i i actually have experienced this you know where people want to work with me and don't have the, um, the I guess, the, the budget to at that time. And so I created an online copywriting course for business owners so that, Amazing. yeah, so that I could teach you how to write copy that converts. And so that if you don't have, you know, the budget to spend on a copywriter, you can learn how to do it yourself. Because I truly believe that business owners should have access to this information because mm. it is so important. And, you know, one of the, uh, one of the people who is on my course actually said that, she, she did the course and then she wrote this email um, for her for the organization that she works for and this email brought in eleven thousand dollars in the space of a couple of days and so yes. this is really actionable um mm -hmm. easy to implement stuff that you just need to know it like you just need somebody to teach it to yeah. you and then of course yeah once you know it you know it you get to just keep using it exactly exactly and with the course comes um an exclusive facebook group where i jump in every week to answer questions live because i think it's really important to have that support element as well along with the course and so yeah i mean if you are wanting to learn more about how to write copy for yourself and how to diy buy it and write copy that actually converts and makes you money then my online mm -hmm. copywriting course be your own copywriter is perfect for you and and where can people find it it's at inkhouse.org.uk slash b-y-o-c that stands for be your own copywriter i'll give you the link Corey, as well so yeah and we'll pop it it should be right there in your show notes in your podcast player and it'll be on the show notes on the website as well oh i thank you so much those are great tips um and like so i love anything that's actionable like that that people can take away and start thinking about today you know um, which is so good. And so where can people hang out with you online other than your website? So you can come and find me on Instagram is where I am mostly at. I have a lot of fun in stories. So come join me over there <laughs> at Ink House Writing. Yay. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Iman. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. And I'm ever so slightly disappointed we didn't hear an explosion in the background <laughs> but you've been dropping all of the bombs anyway <laughs> love it maybe you should be the copywriter <laughs>
Thank you. I did used I did used to copyright. Do you know? I don't know. You never told me that. Yeah, I I used to just like I've always liked writing, and so I used to write for like the student newspaper, and I wrote for our local newspaper and stuff for a bit. Um, But then when I was on maternity leave, I felt like I needed something for my brain, and so I just did freelance copywriting. It was one of those like terrible um, back then, like you know they're just churning out content content to have loads of links in it. Yeah, and I was like I worked for a content mill, but I actually loved it because it was just learning to like be able to just write Mm -hmm. like fast you know and on any topic oh I didn't <laughs> so, know that I'm not sure that that really like counts but yeah <laughs> technically have been paid as a copywriter it, it, I also right, did and... I mean I worked in in a marketing department and did copywriting there a bit but so I've da- I'm a dabbler you're a dabbler yeah that explains it <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me Corey uh, I've loved this thank conversation thank you so much Iman it's been so much fun thanks for being on the show and there you have it my loves i hope you enjoyed our interview today with iman if you want to find out more about today's show you can head over to the show notes which can be found at corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash iman that's e-m-a-n and remember you are limitless bye for now for listening i appreciate you so much if you've enjoyed listening to today's show make sure you subscribe on itunes or stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes it would make my day possibly even my week if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on itunes and because i value your time so much each month one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.